And it was like, well, Hoover's is one of the most hated um, gangs in the city, if you know. So it's like, we don't get along with Bloods or Crips. So anywhere you go, it's kind of a beef, you know, and I wasn't the type to hold back for nothing, you know, especially when I was young and um, like immature and dumb, you know, just on some wild shit, trying to really prove for the girl. You know, trying to look hard. I got all the bitches and shit like that. I had went viral. We had my grandma holding an assault rifle, everything, throwing a fuck the opposition and stuff like that, you know? So it went viral. Everybody was posting it and shit. And the, day, the next day, we got shot. So, like, was, I got God, bro. I'm going to just stick with God while I'm going through my path. And I'm going to just... That's, I'm gonna give it up to God. If a dude take me out, then he take me out, bro. And that's just how my life been ever since then, you know, like, and it's just been crazy. It all started since my girl died, you know, like, and it's like, that shit just, it been them same ops, and it's just been like, dude, they gonna stay ops. Yo, welcome back to Retro Network Podcast. It's your boy Yacht. It's your boy T. Another one, man. We got another sure. one. So, this one's special because we're really good, well connected with this individual. Um, he went through PV Jobs, the program that we work for. That's what we do other than the podcast. Um, those are our full-time nine-to-five jobs. But this is someone who's came through, and we've seen the craziest success story thus far. Um, but with that being said, we're going to get into that. But I want to introduce our boy, Tyrell Hughes, a.k.a. KT, a.k.a. Blueface Boys. Welcome here to the Let's Yo, um... Like I said, man, I said it. I said it the way this. It's true. You came through PV Jobs, and I've never seen such a successful person, both um, emotionally and mentally too. Mindset switched up, bro, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you um, on all that. But what's crazy is we got a glimpse of some of your story when we went on this trip, which we'll talk about. Yeah, that was like the beginning um, of it. for sure. Yeah, it, we you got a story. One hundred percent. Like I did not know that was your past. And obviously, we don't judge a book by its cover. If we for did sure. that, we wouldn't be doing the jobs we did now, right? Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I want to start going into a little bit about, you know, your come up, you know, what were your childhood experiences like? Because you're young. You're how old right now? I'm 21. You're just 21. Turned 21. Mm-hmm. 21. You're, we're three years off, bro. We're not too yeah, far. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your come up and where you grew up. Um, well, I grew up on 94th between Vermont and Budlong, actually. And it mm. was like really dangerous right there, to be honest. But, um, shit, my troubles didn't really start, to be honest, until my, um, first love died. My first love, she on my face right here. Um, she was from the other side, actually. And um, I was the boy that actually fell in love with the enemy. You know, so. Um, how old were how old you when this happened? I, I was 13 years old. Yeah, that's, that's what love weird. is at 13. Oh, I was 13 years old. Yeah, I was with her like from, that, you know? from fifth grade all the way to, what, ninth grade? Mm-hmm. So you said the <clears> other <throat> side. So at that time, you already had a mindset of. Enemies, for sure and things like that yeah so when i was did claiming that even play a part like how soon did that start um when i grew up over there what about the first week moving in i started meeting homies we started yeah. smoking smoking was the first gateway to the street um when i first started smoking with my brother and my homies we always chill and they always start shooting dice and shit and we get high you need money for high mm-hmm. so that's where the first shit start coming in motherfuckers want to they, they start wanting to flock. That's what they used to call it back then. People want to steal. So we used to, you know, we used to have to do what it do. I used to run out my window because I had strict parents. I had a deacon dad and I had a um, a mom that did not play no games, you really? know. So 
Yeah, I used to have to sneak out the window, make little pallets and shit like that on the ground and stuff. Like I was fake on the floor and stuff. And I hop out and I go do what it do, you know. So that was when it first started, you know. But yeah, when I took my first love, that was when it like really started like some real like death shit, you know. That was the first like violence I really witnessed, you know. So and they had like so you, you um, witnessed it though. I 13? witnessed it. If you don't mind me oh, asking, wow. what what ended up happening there? Was it? Um, what had happened was I went to Juvie and me and her had kind of broke up. So I had to kind of let her do what she do. You know, I was my own man. I'm like, I can't hold you back when I go to jail or whatever. So when I came back, she was pregnant and she had a man, but she still called me her best friend because she still had love for me and we were still talking to each other. And, um, I guess he found out the messages or something like that. And she was kind of a rough girl. So, you know, he went over there, beat up on her and stuff. She fought back and, um... I guess she pulled her gun out, and he pulled his gun out. He shot her up, shot her sister, burnt the house up. You know, it was all on the news, everything, you know. Like, that was the first thing, like, that clicked me, you know. Like, it made me hate the other side because it was one of her own, like, people, you know. She was dating somebody from her own hood, you know. So that first made me hate the other side. Like, I had anger from the other side, you know. Like, I'm 13 years old. I didn't really know how to take that, you know. So, you know, it was hard. It was, it's still to this day hard processing. I got her like eight times on my body, you know, so. Oh, shit. So yeah, that, yeah. That was definitely a life-changing yeah. experience then. Hell, yeah. So you saw you saw this all through Juvie pretty much, or you heard it all on a call? You when know? I got out of Juvie is when it happened because we started talking back to each other and stuff. We had linked a couple times, and I guess the dude didn't like that she was talking back to me. And that's when he tried to, like, press her and beat up on her and stuff like that. They got into it. So she kind of died over me, over getting caught up with my messages and stuff. like. So for a long time, I carried that burden. But I am, you know, thanks to God. So you know how that go. Yeah. Now, what? With yeah. Tristan, you had strict parents, right? We for this sure is something so common. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's a trip, man. We get half and half. Some people have strict parents, then you got other dudes, no parents. Yeah. But they, everybody goes down the same pathway. Right. For sure. Um, yeah. you, you, what do you think that's for? You think that's from the community? Because it's not the upbringing, right? It, mm -hmm. It's is it just the influences going around out there? What do you well, think? Well, um, actually, my parents both gangbang, and okay. um. When I was born, my dad was in prison all the way to five, oh, and my mama was a prostitute. So I actually thought my grandmother was my mom for a oh, long time, nice. you know, to about 10 years old, I called her mother, you know. So today, I will still call her for if I need money or anything more than I call my own parents, you know. So, and it's like when I started meeting them, like I started seeing my dad from Fortray Gangsters, you know. So I start when I met him, like, it was weird. I'm like, who this dude? Like in our house, you know, I'm on some like, I'm the man of the house how, at the how time. Old were you, you know, at that time? Right, I'm six? five years old. Yeah, You're so five turned up at five. Like I remember he walked up the stairs. I'm like, Mama, who is he? Who is he in the house? You know, he he came back with a, some toothpaste and a toothbrush and a bag. And I never forget. And I met him that day. And and ever since that day, I remember one time, um, he was doing push-ups and I went to get on his back like a little kid. And he turned super fast. He choked me out and shit because he was like real like penitentiary wise. And he was like, he was like, don't do that. Like people in jail, like they put weights on people when they working out and shit like that. And they'll try to kill you. Like, so I just, I just flashed out of him. And I just was scared of him for a long time. It took me until I got older. Like, but I always hated him for a long time, you know, but 
my dad actually speak knowledge into me. He actually knew a lot of knowledge, you know. So when I got older, it stuck with me, you know, for sure. Got you, this man. Is, that's intense, man. I didn't even know that was. See, like that's that's what I'm saying. Like this is something you wouldn't know until you speak to somebody or someone speaks to you about it. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people out there that go through the same exact right. experience, for sure. you know. So you're for like, sure. just people don't talk about. It. Like you said, you never knew somebody's dad was in the pen, you know. For sure. I don't want to go over it because I do want to touch on it. What was so your mom was your mom was still in the picture even mm -hmm. though she was participating in prostitution. For sure. I, I remember I used to like cry at the door and like used to be begging for her to come home and stuff like that. And then I remember she like had went to jail for prostituting. Mm -hmm. And like she came back, she had the little braids, the lipstick. Like I knew the look, but I didn't. Like it took me till I got older to know, oh, my mom was a prostitute back then. She never told me. Mm. I had to find out, you know, just by how her get down was. And when I got older and I started seeing it, you know, so it's like, I'm like, oh, my, back in the days, my mom used to be prostitute and that's how she survived. Mm -hmm. She had three kids and, you know, her dad, her man was in jail. She got took from the house at 16. So all she knew was my dad, you know, so that was kind of hard for him, you know, so. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. Everyone across the board, bro. For everyone. sure, for I, sure. I had a question. So when dad, when when pops came back in the picture, um, did he start like once he started getting used to being out? You know, because again, that mm -hmm. that whole you you definitely you your mind is thinking about the pen. You're going through things like that, loud noises, you know, all that. Um, at what point did he started like where he became the the deacon and started being strict? And you, when you said, you know what, my dad right. put it down. He didn't. Well, when he came home because um, he went to jail for a bank robbery and um, his little homie snitched on him. So um, he felt like when he was in jail, the dudes wasn't doing. They were still hanging with the God. So he told him if that gang, you know, and he changed his life really in the pen. You know, when he came back. Um, of course, we'll still go eat at his park, little certain stuff like. But I never catch him hanging with the guys. He was just, it was in him, but he wasn't with him, you know. Gotcha. So it was like, but he'll play church songs all the time, you know. We'll go to church here for sure, like get every kid baptized, you know. Like mm -hmm. every Sunday, he'll wake us up. He'll whoop our ass if we didn't go to church, you know. So <laughs> he was serious, you yeah. know. Like he'll sit, he'll sit hours and talk to you, you know. Like don't let you get a messed up report card, nothing, you know. Like he didn't want no streets in us or nothing, you know. Like when he first like heard us talking about the streets, he really got mad, you know. Like. So it was just crazy, you know, like he didn't never really say like you should have been from our gang or nothing. He just didn't want us gangbanging at all, you know. That's dope that he had that realization in there like, fuck, I don't want my kids to go down the same path. Hell, you yeah. know. Um, what At what age did you do you think you said 13? You started seeing that what happened with your growing mm -hmm. everything. Um, what was the lead up to that to seeing things like that or kind of hanging out that way? Without pops, kind of like you know, how many ass whoopings did it take for you to find it where your dad said he's gonna do what he wants to do? It is what it is. Well, uh, see, me, I was the kid. They told that like ass whoopings didn't work. Oh man! So um, I end up I I left the house at fourteen year years old. You know, so Shit. it happened at thirteen, and I I kind of wild out at thirteen. You know, I got put on. I start gang banging. You know. Um, it started getting kind of wild, you know, and my dad wasn't, he a deacon, he not allowing that. He, you're not going to do that in my house. You want to be grown, I'm yeah. going to let the grown. He always told me fat meat ain't greasy and all like little sands. And I didn't learn till I got grown, you know. So, yeah, I left the streets and I went to live with my homie. I used to be washing my clothes in the sink, all type. I didn't really care. I was young, you know, so I was just living a life, you know, like 
But at the same time, I wasn't there mentally, you know, I was more on some revenge type stuff, you know, so. Um, you were still you were still feeling from what took place when you were 13. Right, for sure, right, right. for sure. Throughout this whole time, what trips me out, because at a five, at five, one is like, you have great memory for to be able to remember what happened at five years old. Me, I can't remember shit, like to be honest. But as far as school-wise, school's in between, or were you already skipping school at a young age too? Um, well, my mom and dad was gone, so I didn't start school till first grade. You know, so I started school okay. late. You know, actually, you know, so when I started school, I started school late, but I actually was smart because my grandma was there and she worked for the county building and stuff. She was always, she's Hispanic. She always worked like, she was always about her business, you know, so when they was gone, she always taught me stuff, my ABCs, everything, potty mm -hmm. trained me, everything, and I had my big brother in the picture, so he always helped me too. You know, Real so quick, the big brother that we know. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. I was my twin. He the first one showed me how to even okay. hop on the counter and, and yeah. get the cereal off the top. <laughs> you know, so I was my road dog right there. You know, he taught me everything. It, that's one thing too. Like that's a big factor because I see your guys' relationship now, and we'll touch on that. But even from jump, was that relationship always there? Even from that young age, um, like you guys were always riding together, even at thirteen when you're already doing your thing. For sure, at thirteen, but about five, four years old, I was a little crybaby. You know, I didn't mm. have my parents. You know, I was mean. You know, like I actually used to tell on my brother. You know, believe it or not, you know, I used to be. He used right, to get in trouble. We're gonna finish this podcast you know? right now. No, he, used to, <laughs> he used to get in. He used to get in trouble for shit that I used to do, and they used to whoop him. And no, this my baby, and because I was the baby of the family at that time, you know. So he kind of like when we was younger, we used to kind of get into it. But he never hated me because of that he always understood his big brother role, you know. Okay. Always tried to teach me. As we got older, um, the only misunderstandings we could have is um, he'd tell me he don't want me to go flocking with him, or and it and it was for the better, you know, like. Yeah. I was just a wild kind of young boy. Like, I want to do it. I want to do it. You know, I want to go with you, big bro. You know, so that's the only problems we had, you know. But we was always tight for sure. Uh, would you say it was like maybe – did you ever want to kind of like one-up him in, at any point? Or was it more so you were just trying to make him proud? Or um, It was to a point where my big brother was my hero. Um, He was – he got put on before me. Um, to everybody on the streets, I thought he was the big badass, you know. Mm -hmm. So I actually looked up to him. I just wanted to be like him, you know. So I just wanted to hang with him and his friends and smoke and look cool like he did, you know. Actually, back in the days, like, I didn't have no style. I didn't have no clothes, no shoes, nothing, you know. He was the guy that had all the stuff, you know. So I, I learned all my style, everything from him. So I just kind of wanted to fit in with my big bro. I see that. So you now at 14, you say you start getting into this violence. Did you, at one point at that age, did you ever pick up a gun at that age? Or um, was it already at 13 when you when all that happened? It was already at 13 when I was using gun. I already had a gun at 13. Like, it was that serious. Like, it, it was serious, you know. Like, it wasn't no jokes out there. I got put on photos hoover against the crib. Then I actually got put off that and got put on 9-4 hoover. So it's like, um... When I was young, man, I was more crazier than anything. I didn't have nothing. Then I was 15 years old with a whole face full of tattoo. So you've class, been having you know? those tats since 15, huh? Really? In class with a mouth man. grill, chains on, face full of tattoo. Like looking like, crazy, you know? Like everybody yeah, used to be like, this dude is crazy, you know? Like, and What were just, teachers thinking? Like, what, what was that like? Teachers didn't used to like me. It was to the point where you know how you could go to... Um, 
you have periods, you got changing periods where you go to different classes and stuff. Like, they never allowed that for me. I had to have one teacher, you know, because I used to fight during passing periods. I used to get up on you as soon as it's time to pass classes. So I used to have one teacher, you know, and they, that's what, that teach me math throughout my whole through my whole life. I never had passing periods. What was it? Just you in that classroom, or, or other students? It was just me. Okay. It was just that's me. a little rough. I can see where that you, you're sure. isolated. You're getting. There's a lot of uh, we don't see that till after, right? But uh, school, man, is so instrumental in, in, in your upbringing and your just socialization process. Um, I used to tell people. You think it's cool to get kicked out, but when you're in a continuation school with nothing but men or girls that got babies, nothing against it, For but sure. you're only 15, 16, you're going to appreciate sure. high school, what For it sure. was to get dressed up and see girls and like all that's gone once you get kicked out of high school. You know? For sure. So you kind of got a, a little early glimpse at that. Yeah. Like I got kicked out of all the LAUSD. I didn't probably been to every high school there is, you yeah, know, right like now. to be honest. Yeah. It, it was just bad and it was like, well, Hoover's is one of the most hated um, gangs in the city, if you know. So it's like we don't get along with Bloods or Crips. So anywhere you go, it's kind of a beef, you know. And I wasn't the type to hold back for nothing, you know, especially when I was young and, um, like, immature and dumb, you know, just on some wild shit trying to really prove for the girl, you know, trying to look hard. I got all the bitches and shit like that, you know. So it was just kind of a wild thing, you know. I actually, like... Throughout my school year, I have like 300 absences. Like I wouldn't go, and I'll be at school every year. day. You said 300 <laughs> That's the whole absences. Year. 365 days in a year, have, my boy. What? I would have 300 absences, and I would stay at school every day. Did the did the county ever I, call or all that? Like to your mom, send letters. You know right. when they start threatening them with like, hey, your son ain't going to school. We're gonna. Um. Yeah. They actually made her go to a hearing and everything. Yep. And oh, it was shit. to a point where, like, she was so tired of, like, dealing with the school. She gave up on me with the school at 10th grade. That's when I first dropped out of school because they wouldn't check me into a school, like, at all. You know, and I was kicked out. I would go home. I'd be like, Mom, I'm trying to get into this. And you don't want to go to school, boy. You had 300 absences. You weren't going none last year. So it's like when I wanted to mature... It was harder to mature because people didn't believe me by how much I used to like mess up in school yeah, and yeah. used to mess up with my life, you know. So it was hard. So when was that first time that you <clears throat> kind of like start? Because at tenth grade, you're already pretty mature. At tenth grade, when was For the first sure. time you started thinking like shit? I gotta switch some stuff up. Um, at tenth grade, I'm not going That was the first time. Um, my brother had to check me in the school. So that's that first. It, it didn't feel good, you know, like. But when I checked in the school, I still had the flashiness, and it was like a charter school. And I oh, came man. in with my grill and all of that in my mouth, and they kicked me out, actually, for having jewelry because you couldn't wear jewelry on the campus. And um, it was kind of crazy. It kind of discouraged me, to be honest, because I was a rapper at the time, and I felt like, shit, fuck school. I could just do rapping now. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. You know, I dropped out in 10th grade, and I just started rapping and gangbanging, you know, like. But that life got crazy. As soon as I dropped out right then, it seemed like my brother got shot up, you know, and my I got evicted. So life just turned like switch on me, like a whole Damn. switch. Like Holy shit. it got real bad, you know. So it's like you can't be evicted and gangbanging. You basically just on the streets all day. Literally. And you're a target, you know. So 24-7. And he was shot up a target, you know. So it, was, it got real crazy. How old were you, know? you when like, that? Yeah. <laughs> I was 16 years old, my man. Okay. So, so 16 years old, you're at the high school, you have this kind of, that's like the beginning stage of you being like, what the fuck, my own brother got to check me in, For mom's sure. just not on my team no more. 
uh, from that point, it seemed like you were barely starting to like wake up a little bit from that, and then your brother gets hit. And then my brother gets hit. Uh, so so walk us through that if you if you you know. So um, I guess one day I had seen like this car. We was actually the day the day after his girl's birthday. Actually, you know, so um, we was walking. We didn't have no car or nothing like that. And the day before, we had made, like, a big video. I was viral back then, you know, and I was doing disses and all type of crazy shit, mm -hmm. you know. So I had went viral. We had my grandma holding an assault rifle, everything, Swear. throwing a fucked opposition and stuff like that, you know. So it went viral. Everybody was posting it and shit. And the, day, the next day, we got shot. So um, we was walking. It was, what, on 88th in Vermont. We had got so, off the so bus. So that active area, you know, you probably can't just walk around like For that. For sure, we had eight star hats on, everything just burnt out, just just outrageous. You know me, I used to think I was Tupac. I wear an orange rag around my head everywhere, cause so people knew where I was yeah. from. You know, so um, so we got off the bus or whatever. We walked across the main street, so I know cars. You know, cars going by, they can yeah. see you. You know, and we got the big, we got it on us. You know, so I know the they right see. Right color too. They gonna see y'all from so they away. turned around, parked up on a little street we was walking. Um, I seen the car or whatever. I told um my brother and the other dude I was with. I told him I'm like, yeah, I see that car right there. They like, nah, nah. It was like parked under a little shaded area and shit. It had all tinted window, but I could see the exhaust pipe smoke. So I knew the car was still on. It wasn't just parked sitting there, you know. So I'm like, that's weird, you know. We kept walking or whatever. I turned around, the car was gone. Um, they, I'm like, bro, that car gone. They like, bro, you tripping. You on some paranoid shit, you know? Like, you on some, like, you feel me? All right, bro. We keep walking. The car turned in front of us. It's all black windows. You can't see the side. All you can see is the front. All I see is bandanas on their face. You know, I tell my brother, I got like 12 chains on. I tell my brother at the time, because he was, this one, he was more on his relationship shit. He was trying to stop gangbanging. Uh. So, but I was so active at this time, I felt like it was really my reason he got shot. They was really on me and my homie, you know, but he was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. So when I told him, I'm like, bro, they right there. They coming, bro. They finna bust on us. Like, I turned around and I ran. When I started running, I guess he felt like it was some homies because at the time he wasn't logging in in the, in the um, set and they'd trip on you for that. So he thought it was some homies pulling up to trip. So he was finna run his phase or whatever. So he like walked up on the car. And they hopped out like ninjas. I remember all doors opened up. And boys got up on the sidewalk. They got real low. They just start running. They start running. It was like honey bullets. Boom, that shit was melting the car. It was dinning in the cars and shit like that. You, you were hearing it? Man, like they shooting just, at me too. Every shot? Yeah. They ain't just shooting at him. Okay. They chasing me at the same time. Me and my homie running. And he run the other way. We run and I turn the corner. They it's two people chasing me and the car chasing me. They shooting out the car and two people on feet. Um, when they turn the corner, I'm on this side of the street and I'm running and they pull up on the side of me and I stop behind a van and I run back the other way. But my homie keep running and following. Um, when I turn back and I hide in the yard or whatever, you know, I get in the trash can. Boom, I hop in the trash can. I hear it, they shooting at him. Boom, boom, fuck Snoopers, fuck Snoopers. They shooting at him and shit, you feel me? But I'm sitting in the trash can, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm the real Hoover. I'm always big badass Hoover this, Hoover that. I ain't finna just sit here. 
no gun or not. I peeled the trash can off, went back to the front yard. I'm like, fuck that. When I went to the front yard, man, um, I see the dude, they getting back in the car and stuff. He looked at me, he smiled, and he got back in the car. When so I get, you, you saw the dude that did whatever, whatever? Yeah, he looked dead at me, smiled at me, and got back in the car. That's a cold uh, feeling right there, huh? And they drove off, yeah, for sure. That was a cold feeling, for sure. i never forget his face. But we gonna talk about that one a little bit later, man. But um, I left. I went to the left of the street where I just came from running from before mm -hmm. I turned back and stuff. And I'm looking through every yard. I'm looking through every, and I hear him. He twisted up and like, and way in the backyard between like three gates. I hop the first gate. I I already know he's shot because he's on the ground and stuff. I hop on the second gate. I start seeing a little bit of blood and stuff like that. When I get over the third gate, though, I know, like, for sure, he hit bad. It's all, I can see it all up here. It's blood all right here. So I get over there. I'm like, you good, man? I put him on my, um, I put him on my lap, and I sit up under him. And I hold his hand, and I start praying with him and stuff like that. But when I'm praying with him, I notice, like, you close your eyes when you pray. So he'll fuck around and die if, if he closing his eyes and praying, you know, so... As I'm praying, I look up and I see him. He like fading away, going like you know. So I slap him a couple. I'm like wake up, Janky. Like when I tell him wake up, um, he wake up a little bit. I start asking him his favorite rappers and stuff like that, trying to talk to him and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He answering the questions and stuff. So I see a little bit of conscience, you know. So um, that's when the ambulance dude come around, and not to not to sound rude or nothing, but. I didn't care about the homies. I cared about my brother. So to see him shot up like that, I'm feeling like, how did my brother look? You know, so I left him right there and I got up and I went to go look for my brother. When I went to look for my brother, he was coming out on a stretcher with the white sheet over him. Um, when I seen him, he was like, um, I'm gone, bro, or something like that. What? I'm like, damn, bro. I start tripping out. Um I couldn't even go call my mama or nobody. I went straight, straight with the homie. Shit. I didn't get back to like four hours later. Um, yeah, I'm straight. Um, I didn't get back to like four hours later. I called my mom. She pull up and shit. She go crazy. She almost crashed cars, everything. She running through the lights. She get there in like three minutes. And they get to the hospital or whatever. Um, I got homies calling my phone and shit. What happened? He good? He good? Like, yeah, he straight. Whole time, that nigga not straight. Police telling us he got shot one time. He shot up six times, all in his body, his legs, everything. So they taking on the surgery. <clears throat> they talking about he finna die and shit like that. Um, He might not make it and all that. I trip out. I get off on the... Um, I get off on the hospital, nigga. I get off on my uncle. I start fighting my family, everything, the people that ain't been there. I start tripping. They kicked me out the hospital and stuff. I had to go to my granny house. So we go to our granny house. Um, when we go to our granny house, um, I'm sitting there. I'm just outside of the door. I'm just smoking. I'm just thinking. And I'm like, I can't just be sitting here like my family. Like, you know, like, that dude's still on the streets. Yeah. 
that's when it started getting to a whole different mindset. You know, I left my family. They could never find me no more. I was always outside, like, looking for the dude. Shit. You're talking about, a, like, a couple days after, or was this some time after? This the same day. Same day. All happened the so, same day. So when you seen your brother in the white sheet at that point, like, why would they even put a white sheet on him? Like, that's basically saying that... Like he dead. Deal. It's yeah. a done deal. So that's what I was feeling. Then gotcha. I see his head bust all open because I guess he fell over the gate when they shot because they shot him all in his legs. And he had to hop over the gate and he bust his oh, face because he didn't have no, no, he got off the ground. He really wasn't supposed to get off the ground. They shot him up. He was laying down. Don't no dude get up after they get shot up on the ground. Yeah. They, they get stay on the ground and get shot up the red. <laughs> Shit, he got up, climbed the gate. Hit his face and stuff like that, you know. So that's when I guess he bust his face open and all of that, you know. So I just thought he was really gone, to be honest. So that didn't really sit with me right, you know. So then I came back in the house. I pull up with like four of my homies. I'm like, all right, then. Hey, like, log in, like, hit, hit my line and shit. I'm like, all right. I go in there, his girlfriend's sleep. I wake his girlfriend up. Like, Turnell just got shot. She like, no way, no, like, no, he not shot. Like, she go back to sleep. I push her hard. I, he just got shot. She start crying. Like, she thought I was joking at first, you know. She start crying. The whole house go crazy, you know. Like, we get up, you know. And then at the same time, I got three little siblings, you know. And my dad wanted a better life for us, like I was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't scared, but he had to make the decision to move. And at the time, we was evicted, so he got a house in Fresno instead of getting another house in L.A. at the same time because his son just got shot out there. Mm-hmm. And my dad is a gang member, so it made him want to come out of retirement. It made him want to kill somebody, you know? So it's like he had to move his family to Fresno. So after I um, did what I did, start gangbanging hard and shit, I helped him move to Fresno. And two days later, like, my homies start texting me, like, why you in Fresno? Like, so that's when I got into it with my homies. And I had came back from um, Fresno, and I had ended up with a shootout with one of my homies. So that's when it started getting, I'm like, this gangbang shit, not even really what it's it is. What, is, what mm-hmm. they portray it to be. I'm over there trying to help my brother wash his butt, because he got shot all in his middle part. You know, I got to wash him up, help him pee, everything. He real, can't real even quick, walk. So just to rewind a little bit, how long did it take for everybody to know that uh, he was good or he was going to make it out of that? Right. Um, what was that call like from the doctor? How does that even work? Well, they put him in surgery and they said they couldn't take one bullet out of his body or he would die. And they asked my mom uh-huh. if they want him to take, if they want him to proceed with the surgery to take it out or should they leave it in and just, because he's living right now, he's okay, he's stable. So her decision was to leave the bullet in and yeah. leave him stable. Actually, he he came out the next day after being shot up six times. What? He came oh, out the man. next day. The That's next day on crutches. Nice. On crutches. On crutches. Not, Not even a wheelchair. Not even a wheelchair. Right? On crutches. That's wild. He got evicted. So we was living at our grandma Shirley house at that time, my dad's mom. And my dad's mom don't really like my mother. They got they jumped her and stuff before I was born and all of that back in the day. So um, they're arguing and stuff. They kicked us actually out the house while my brother was shot up and everything, you know. So 
we evicted, we moving house to house, hotel to hotel, pastor taking care of us and different people helping us and shit. So, um, how, how did that feel having, uh, like people in the community on your guys' team and being there for Well, your it felt good. My sister was actually a straight A student since a kid. So she actually, um, she actually had scholarships and stuff since 10th okay, grade, nice. you know? So she had like colleges wanting to help her and pay for our rooms mm. for six months and stuff like that because she was a great student, you know? So we actually had a lot of help from them, you know? So thanks to my sister. That's a big shout out to my sister shout for sure. Because yeah, me and my brother, we was on some other stuff. We was on some wild stuff, you know? Like we wouldn't have had no help, you know? We couldn't expect nobody right. to help us at that time, you know, because I was out there gangbanging and I didn't been in that position and put people through that position. So mm -hmm. I can't be crying when I'm in that position, you know, and worried about when I when my brother shot because other people didn't got shot, you know, so you just got to kind of chunk it up to the gang and, and, you know, keep it pushing and mature from that. So all this is happening at 17. For sure. 17 years old. For sure. You're not going to school now. You're mad. You're frustrated. You start, you know, retaliation could be a possibility, but I don't want to go into that. Mm -hmm. Now, Fresno and then relocating yeah, and all right. that. Right. Yeah. Uh, what is your experience now after all that? Like, you're, now your brother's back on his feet. He's, uh, is he still, Is he? did he go back into it that kind of made you go back into it? Or are you guys pushed away from that lifestyle now? Um, I did so much when my brother got shot. I could do what I want to do now, if you get what I'm saying. I did so much in my life, it's to the point where can't no homie tell me nothing. Or I treat them like an enemy, you know? I'm to the mature point, can't no man tell me to come to the hood, you know, or nothing like that. So it's like, my brother actually was the first dude who helped me to get to that point, you know? If I didn't have my brother, I'd probably be out here wilding still to this day, mm -hmm. you know? But it's like, my brother showed me, like I said, that was my hero. So, if he could do it, I could do it. 100%. So, you're, now, this whole time, you're still rapping? I'm rapping the whole time. So, it's not even just a regular gang member. It's viral <laughs> gang member. It's like, he can't go to the store. They not letting me get out the car or nothing. If I'm getting out, I'm going with my gun. I'm not playing because people know Orange Face. You know, like, when they see me, it's, it's not no... It's, it's bad, you know, like, so... And I learned that from when my brother got shot up, cause they they didn't know him. He had been stopped fucking with it for a minute, you know. So it was to the point where it was like they they did that cause of me, and I had to realize that, you know. So it's like I had to start moving different. It was to a whole year, I didn't go outside, you know. Like my brother would like want to fight me if I tried to go outside, like you know, like after all that happened. Yeah, after all of that happened, like, I'll try to go, I'm finna go get a blunt. No, no, I seen Mitri. Like, they was paranoid. Like, it was like, I mean, hell yeah, it was like bro. they wouldn't let me go nowhere. Like, it was just that serious. And I never understood. I was still wild. So I'm, I'm mad. I'm like, what you mean I can't walk out? I'll just storm off sometimes and just go myself. Like, what do you, like, ain't nobody finna touch me, you know, like, on yeah. some, like, just like, man, it just be crazy. Like, still to this day, they still act like so paranoid about it, you know? Like, even being mature, like, I know to this day, like, the stuff that I did in my life is still gonna, it still could come back on me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, just trying to be a business person, you know? Like, so I gotta move a certain way with my businesses, and, you know, like, I can't just be in the open, can't just be anywhere, you know? Like, I still have to move a certain way because I made them childish decisions when I was younger. 
you know, so it's still it, it's set with you till you till you death, really. Hey, I, I'm curious about Fresno. So Fresno didn't work out. You didn't um, start over and and first day in Fresno, um, I got shot at with my little brother. That's crazy. Can't Same brother nowhere. that just got shot. My little brother, little, little one. Okay. He's about ten years old oh, at the man, time. That's that shit. Not so I'm feeling bad, like, wouldn't nobody shoot me with my little siblings? Like you right. know, like, and y'all don't even know me out here. But at the same time, it's like I got all these face tattoos. I look like a member, and I'm not backing down. I don't care if I'm in Vegas or in Chinese. If you bang on me in China, I'ma bang my stuff. So they drove by. They threw up their little stuff. And I threw up my stuff. Told my um, little brother to walk ahead of me, and I stopped. And I kept watching the car, and they kept driving by. They kept keep going, but they turned on the street and they turned back around. So I told my brother, I told him keep going. I walked up to the car, whatever you know, and they they talking Spanish, but they yeah. but they throwing stuff up. And I see him, I'm like, so I wave them off kind of, and I keep walking because I don't even know what they're saying. I'm not worried about you know like no Spanish, you know I can't. Even comprehend what you're saying, bro. So I keep walking, and it drives, and it turns the corner where it lines up in front of me, and it just shoots and starts shooting at me. So I run, and get my little brother, and he kind of heavy set, so he's not a runner. So I got to hide him under the car, then escape from myself, you know, because they really not looking for him, but I don't know. I still got to keep him in safety. But just to ever run with your little brother is... Yeah, it just man. make it bring a different anger. It's like, oh hell no, now he not in this. He ain't got nothing to do with this at all. Right. You feel me? So it's like that shit crazy, you know? Like, and I'm kind of seeing like it kind of defeated the purpose of moving out there to Fresno. That was the point to get away from that. That was the point. And you you, you get welcome. That's so, a cold welcoming. Pretty so much, it was to the know? point I had to kind of realize I ain't no getting away. You know? Okay. It's kind of not no getting away with it. Me and my dad had a conversation. He was like. You might have to get your face tattoos lasered off and all type of. I'm like, bro, I'm who I am, man. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's like, it's, I got God, bro. I'm gonna just stick with God while I'm going through my path, and I'm gonna just that's I'm gonna give it up to God. If a dude take me out, then he take me out, bro. And that's just how my life been ever since then, you know. Like, and it's just been crazy. It all started since my girl died, you know. Like, and it's like, right, that shit just. They've been them same ops, and yeah. it's just been like, dude, they gonna stay ops. It's just, you know, so. Well, trust me, I was, you're 21. This was only, what, four years ago? Am I doing my math right? Hell like, yeah. Four years ago. Hell it wasn't yeah. not so long. But since then, you're a way different person now. For Literally, sure. Upon, like a percent opposite. Yeah, man. 100%. And I was gonna say, like, the, the, I'm sure you came to the conclusion that, that it's not really where you go. You, you, you have to come to the realization that it's how you carry yourself at a certain mm, point, sure. you know. Yeah. And I tell you, you, go anywhere. You just have to carry yourself accordingly. A certain way. You know? So, so yeah. I, I do want to start touching now on like how we we kind of came about to meet, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, where, You know, when did you start hearing about where we're at now? So tell us a little bit about that. How did you come to PV Jobs? Um, I was actually still homeless since thirteen, all the way till what? Since I met PV Jobs and y'all helped me with the intern, well, I still had girls and all of that, and I'll stay at their they house, but I didn't have nothing stable, you know. So my auntie actually would reach out to me and try to get me to go to little jobs and stuff like that, but I was so caught in the streets, I never attended. Mm -hmm. 
But I started maturing and started seeing it was more than the streets. They not even helping me when I'm hungry, you know? So it's like, um, my auntie had called me. She like, I got this job offer. They got um, construction. They got this cannabis class up there at PV mm -hmm. Jobs and stuff, you know? So I'm like, I'll do the cannabis. Like, she like, yeah, you smoke. Like, you know, you can learn about yeah. the cannabis and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> like, so I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I want to do cannabis, you know? And that's when I first checked in. I never thought it would be the experience it was, you know, yeah. but it actually woke me up a lot, you know, like, or I'll probably still be out there the same wild boy, you know, so it's like. Let me ask you this. If it was still, it was if it was just construction, not cannabis, would you have came? Um, Be honest. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but at the same time, I probably would have because I was in the maturing stage and I wanted mm -hmm. to do anything to get off the streets. Right. You know, because I know what I do when I'm just at home. And it's kind of like I just needed something to do at the moment, you know. So, but I was looking forward to the cannabis for sure. I, I wasn't really <laughs> looking forward to the construction at all. So now you came your first day. You saw it was a packed class, man. You saw it was popping. Like we, this is the first time that PV Jobs ever ran a cannabis cohort. So it was an amazing experience to be able to see how, like, how big the community is and how big the community wants to learn about it. For sure, um, yeah, California is changing up a hundred percent. You were one of those individuals that wanted to come and learn about it. Um, take us to like that first day of class. What was that like for you being there and thinking, yo, I'm literally. Um, and, have and have you had you been to any spot before like us? Right. No. Okay. No, so I've never had no time. nobody help me in life. So this was the first center or people that ever helped me yeah. in my life, you know. So to be honest, it was actually I never thought of it would be when I thought, you know? So when I came, I actually wasn't supposed to be here. I wasn't 21 years old. I was turning 21 that following week. Mm -hmm. I was 20. And I guess to be in a cannabis class, you have to be 21. But um, I had met this girl named Mary that day and she had said, you could be in a class with us. Like, you, I got you. I'm gonna work out something to internship You met the grace for you. You met the age yeah. grace period. She said, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make a, um, an internship for you so you can get into this, you know? So she helped me get into it and I was actually happy. You know, I went back home. I told my whole family, like I got into PV jobs and everything. It was a good day. I'll never forget it for sure. What was, I guess, what was that happiness from? Was it because you're a part of something now that you know is going to be big or is it because you know you're on the right path to just doing something, doing something better for yourself? Um, I think it was both. I think it was both. I thought, that PV Jobs was something great. You know, I thought I was starting something great. You know, it was the first start to something positive and, and something, you know, not streetwise. Even though it was street people in there, they were all looking to do something great, you know. So none of my participants was on no gangbang stuff. You know, everybody was trying to get their education, you know. Like, so I, I for sure, I loved it, you know. I like that, man. And I think, I think it was a blessing to have you and because your brother did it with you as well, For right? For sure. So now you and your brother came in, did something together. You guys actually got a whole full-blown experience. Talk to us a little bit about your experience with that as well. Like, even from, from your perspective. We know how it went down, but your perspective, what was going through your head the whole time? Um, I actually never did a class with my brother. My brother was, like oh, I really? said, my okay. superhero. So I always wanted to be at his high school. As I always wanted to go to <laughs> yeah. class with him, you know? So to be in a class with my brother, it was fun, you know, like... It was a great experience. We took trips, you know. They helped us. They 
took us to Atlanta, man. They took us to um, all type of stuff. You know, they fed us every day. They they gave us money. You know, so it's like, it's like, how can you beat that? You know, and at the same time, they supporting you mentally. You know, like, and they're there for you when you got problems. When you come in some days angry, you know, they talk to you emotionally. You know, try to calm you down. So it's like people don't have to do that. You know, a person don't gotta care about you. My own mama and dad way in Fresno, they don't know how I ate, but it's like, y'all still feed me, so it's like, people care about that type of stuff. Yeah, definitely, you know, we, we do it for that reason, because we know, bro, like, you, you're a smart dude, it's just, you never got the chance to expose yourself and to actually go out there and try something, you never sure. got that chance, so we know that all the people that come through, we know everyone could do something, they could really just move up and, and start a new career, be the, the next, who knows, mm-hmm. like, you know? Um, but while you were doing it, so you talked about the Atlanta trip, and I wanted to touch on that too. For sure. But you guys don't know because I didn't bring it in. He's one of our interns for the podcast as well. So some yes, clips scenes, you guys sure. see, yeah. some of the some of the videos, the trailers, all that being edited by our boy right here. And we're gonna yes, touch sir. on what else you edited pretty yes, soon sir. too. Um, but now you started touching on the after you graduated from cannabis. So like, what was your what was it? Feel, what did it feel like when you graduated from the cannabis class? Um, when I graduated from the cannabis class, I dropped out in tenth grade, and I didn't um I didn't get to walk the stage in eighth or I don't think fifth grade. So I never actually graduated, you know. So that was my first graduation in life. So it wasn't just a cannabis graduation. That was my first graduation ever. So it was like. That's it fire, was really man. good, fire, you know, yeah, like it was sure. good, you know. So we made it a memorable <laughs> graduation. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. tell you, for sure, it was definitely yeah. a memorable graduation. For sure, it was lit. Man. We got for a full sure. live performance. <laughs> from, yes, sir. From the Blueface Boys, yo, <laughs> yes, tell us sir. about Blueface Boys. Like, what's up with that? Like, man, Blueface Boys is something we made rapping in the car when we were sleeping in the cars, man. Um, we used to get high to go to sleep, and we used to freestyle that we were sleepy, you know? So me, my that's brother, fine. and D-Flow, um, a guy that's not really in the group no more, you know? Mm-hmm. He kind of, like, did his own thing. It's still shy. I still got love for him on the brother's side, but he kind of not really with the music in with us no more, you know? So, But me and my brother, we still been rocking. We still been rocking to this day, you know? So we got new music coming out soon, new merch coming uh, out soon, man. All For that sure. Good stuff, Hell huh? yeah, all that okay. good stuff, man. Something else I want to highlight, too, is, well, not only did you show dedication coming to the program, but you got opportunities and you took charge. And you took, you took, you went and, you know, to these meetings and all this stuff that we had going on. Yes, you took sir. charge on the opportunities. For example, Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Yes, sir. So what was that like for you um, going through that? Because now you're working for Buffalo Wild Wings. You're working. Was yeah. this your first job ever? Um, this wasn't my first job ever. Well, I had little side jobs that wasn't like real jobs, I guess. You know, that was like my first like two real jobs. Like, you know, so it's like I've never really for sure like had to like serve food at all, you know. Like that was my first food serving with tips and all like a real mm-hmm. you can get income taxes off of it, you know. Look like I'm like that. for sure. I'm like, I'm loving it, you know? So that was a great opportunity that you guys gave me. And I was actually the first person to go in the room, and they hired me on the spot. I've never had anybody hire me on the spot because I got a lot of tattoos on my face. Oh, my gosh. A lot of people always, okay, I'll call you back, you know, and they never call me back. You know, they hired me on the spot, so it made me feel 
good. It made me feel like I can actually get a job somewhere. I can actually, you know, it gave me that push. That That's fire. I think if I'm not mistaken, we had... 80 something people come in probably more than that yeah it was an interview it was, and it was a lot so it stands out that you were the first one off rip they didn't even wait to the other 79 you you they knew that you were a good candidate for yes, it yes sir know? for That's sure amazing man and at this time now you already started kind of t you're starting to touch on the podcast stuff like i said the internship what was that like to now the introduction to this um well i actually stepped into that because i love music you know and um when i first started thinking about editing and stuff it wasn't something that i was happy to do it was just something that i thought i had to do to learn about music you know mm, okay. but when i started doing it it actually was making me happy you know i'm like <laughs> whoa this is tight like i can make my own music video i can even edit a movie like so any commercial that come on you know anything that come on, i'm like oh i know what that is I know how they skip right there. I know the effect they added right there, you know? So it's just like, it's, it helps me in life, you know? And it makes me happy even talking about it, you know? Like, I tell my girl about it, like, oh, I know how to do that, or I know how to do that. That's I'll be nice, bragging man. about it, you That's know? Crazy. So, hell yeah, that shit is That's it's a, amazing. a skill, a hard skill you mm. learn, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, sir. That's the beauty of learning skills, especially being young men. You know, sometimes we feel like we're not adequate enough because we don't have tools, we don't have skills. And that's the biggest thing is just equipping equipping our people with, and with that's true. skills, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. a lot of young people know how to do stuff like editing and make music videos and stuff like that, but I don't feel like they know the professional mm -hmm. way to do it or they don't know the name yeah. about it because they're so stuck in the streets. And this actually brought me to the professional and the real way to do it, you know? So it was yeah. like, it yeah. was a great opportunity. So now while you're doing the internship, we you got you're getting paid. You're getting paid to do it. You did something really big that we were really proud of you to do because um, you were proud of yourself. I don't know if you were on the same page. I hope we're talking about the same thing. I hope we are. <laughs> I hope we are. You tell me what you're thinking. I'll tell you what oh, I'm thinking. No. <laughs> Is it the Atlanta one? No. Well, we haven't touched on Atlanta okay. yet. No, okay. I'm, I'm here to say I was Atlanta really proud. Atlanta music video. I'm on one of no. the Atlanta music video. How do, you get to, how do you get to PV Jobs now? My car. Right. Mm-hmm. They helped me with a car. You Idiot. got a car. You know, no, we didn't help you. You saved yeah, you your money. Work, for sure. You put in your work. You were saving your money. You got yourself a car. Yes, sir. How? What was that like? Being able to buy your car, bro. Get yourself a, a way to. Um, that was the. It was one of the greatest memories because I actually got a Mercedes for my first car. You know, so it was like I was like. This was tight because I always came from headphones on the bus, headphones on the mm -hmm. train, you know, and it kind of got bad when I started gangbanging. Mm -hmm. And that was my only ride, and you can't go take the bus or you can't go walk outside and you can't go catch. So for a minute, it, I had to wait on rides every day or I had to ask people every day or get an Uber. So for like two, three years, that was a big stress. That was a big struggle. I used to stay up at night and pray for a car, you know, so it's like... When I finally got the car, it was amazing, you know, like it, it relieved a lot of stress for sure. That's fire. I didn't even know that. So that was your first car just in general. That was my first car in yeah. general. Hey, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, you picked a pretty good car for I his mean, first yeah, car, bro. On, like uh, it was a pretty yeah. good car. Um, so now with the through the internship, because you dedicated yourself, I think one thing I wanna sure. highlight is not anybody gets the chance to just go on a trip because you're part of PV Jobs. You gotta show dedication. We've 
been experienced with a lot of individuals who are here to do better for themselves. And we hardly agree with yeah. that. But some people dedicate their time much more. And we see that they really want to pursue a career in for this sure. in this field. So thanks to Mary Taylor, the executive director of PV Jobs Thank and her. programs, all our funders, um, we were able to get for a sure. chance to say, take some of our individuals to Atlanta. To what event? To the Invest Fest. There you go. To that Invest was one Fest of the greatest in the world. I want to touch on that because there's a podcast coming out that they did, the squad sure. did. But let's touch a little bit about the experience. This was your first time also on a plane, right? Yes, sir. This All right, walk us through. That was that's plane. crazy how many firsts um, were on that one, huh? Yeah, a lot. And since y'all been with y'all, it's been a lot of the yeah. first. The first time on a plane, it was kind of scary because I'm, I'm not going to lie, I've never been on a plane. So taking off, <laughs> I was like, whoa, what is this? You know, and to be so high in the air over the clouds, you know, it was just... It was therapeutic for sure, like mm. to just look out the windows and watch the clouds and the sky. And then it was crazy to see the time change in like a blink of an eye. You oh, look at your phone right. and it's like, whoa, it's three hours later. You know, it was like a different dimension or something like that, you know? So it felt tight, <laughs> you know? In like a, in a time capsule until yeah, you get there and it's two hours ahead. For yeah. sure, you know? Like, and then when we got there, everybody treated us like family. We all stuck together. We got to show our merch, you know, shout out Cannabis Geeks. You know, we got to show all of our stuff, you know. Um, we got to collab with people, talk to people, you know. We got to meet people. It was a great opportunity to see all of those black people in Atlanta, you know, come together and, and invest, you know, and try to, you, it was just amazing, you know, I seen people 15 years old with their own business, it made me look at life like, I was out there 15 years old, y'all know what I was going through, and they're out here 15 years old worried about a, you know, getting their whole business ready, like, and it yeah, was just yeah. like, wow, I was just on some dumb thinking, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, so, that's like, damn. It's a trip. You really don't know what kind of mindset you're at until you get exposed to different kind of mindsets, right? For sure. Um, we also had, so with the InvestFest too, you had a, a chance to kind of go out and explore a little bit. So you got exposed to different kind of entrepreneurs, different kind of people speaking. Uh, but talk about also your experience because this is the first time you're really leaving leaving LA. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What was that like? Um, it was great. I'm not going to lie. It was for sure great. The different women there, the different shoes, the different opportunities was there, the different businesses that were there. It was like, I've never seen a Chick-fil-A with that many black people. I've never oh, seen it. Like, yeah. they don't hire black people out here where I'm from, you know? You like point that out. So like, it's like, yeah, yeah it was just like, I was like so shocked, you know? And I got to take a picture with these four kids. They actually treated me like a celebrity. When I know oh, people right. out here my whole life, they wouldn't even do that, you know? And it's like, they just show so much support out there. And it was just amazing, you know? I was like... Yo, I want to talk, to talk about the, the kids, though. That was hilarious. So, oh, yeah. shoot, my bad. So we're at the we're at the mall. We're big chilling. We're rolling deep. We're yeah. rolling pretty deep. Yeah. So it looks like yeah. we're it's Seven, somebody. Eight, yeah. 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 And then not only that, but yeah, me and Damien. So we kind of mm -hmm. look like we could be the managers. For sure. Um but these kids are running around and they were like, they they're looking at him like mm -hmm. they could recognize him. Like, y'all know who that is? Mm -hmm. Like, who is it? It's Blueface Boys. Like Blueface Boys, kid goes running back to his his gang of friends, bro. Mm -hmm. Like eight people, they just go back running the gang of friends back. and start googling him. Yeah. Got Blueface Boys. 
And yeah. you just see him looking over their shoulders, like, yeah, trying to see yeah. if it's really yeah. you. And what he does, he does, he comes up to you. What does he say? Mm-hmm. One of them, like, right? Can I get a picture, please? <laughs> he said, "Can I please get hey, a hey, picture with how, you?" How does that feel? How does right. that feel? Man, man? I really, felt really so amazing. That. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Just to see a kid respect you, you know, and look up to you, you know, right. it's like. Damn, you know, like, like you don't even know the life I lived in. And that just made me, like, now that I'm doing right, it shows that I'm on the right track. You know, it just showed, you know, it was almost a pat on the back. You know, like, God speaking through this kid to me, you know. Like, I was like, Correct, this man. is amazing. Like, I'm on the right path. Like, you know. And I always wanted to give back to the community and to kids and take pictures. I always wanted to be, like, show them no matter how fame I get, I'm going to always be that guy, take pictures with kids, take pictures with whoever, you know? So it was amazing to take pictures with them, actually. Shout out to those kids. Shout out to real, man. Those kids, like, eight of them were rolling deep. For sure. It was a great experience. For sure. They made my day for sure. They made, sure. all, they made all. They made all. Man, I know lie. Just seeing you guys, I was like, bro, that is amazing. That was amazing. Like my boy, they're they're like you said. What did you guys say when we? It feels like you're a movie star for some reason out there, and so you guys just carried with yeah. that, and it just it really and it just people felt it. You know, like yeah. okay, you guys are somebody. What y'all doing? You guys gotta have something going on out for here. For sure, for sure. While you guys were out there, though, I think you guys made some history, bro. Some yeah. crazy musical history. Yeah, we made some music like, out there. Shout we out went to our the studio. Boy shout out to our boy Kai, man. Yeah. He showed love in the city for sure. And his man. piece, man. His piece, his whole boss. His piece. whole. Shout out He's an amazing guy for having us plugged in with those people, man, because they were amazing. The studio was nice, man. The whole session was nice. They had a dude get on our track, man. He was amazing, bro. He sound like party next door, man. Bro, y'all. He was fly, bro. It's dropping soon for sure, man. Craziest banger. Drake vibes slash yeah. like I don't even know, man. The banger was so hard. Um, but I want to talk about the the video you edited. Okay. You edited a video yourself based off experience you. Uh, you had here. Yes, sir. Talk to us about that. Um, I made a video, yes, sir, off of um, the equipment here. And it was crazy to actually make a, a video from my mind. You know, I always sat there and said, oh, I can do this, I can do that. But I never actually did it. You know, I just was talking, you know, like, but to actually sit there and do my own music video, it was work, you know, like, it's just like, you might be sweating on this clip, or you know, you might be, you know, you got to get it right, you know. But it's a, it's a fun thing to do. I can't mm-hmm. say that it's not fun, you know, because at the same time, it's yourself. You you looking at all these different angles of yourself, you know, like, and you moving it. You get to put it together. You get to add the effects, you know, like. So it's just a whole different feeling, you know. It's almost like animated, you know. You can make your own cartoon if you wanted to. So it was like to make my own first music video was actually great because I paid thousands of dollars for music videos, you know. So that it's like crazy to make one for free right, was man. just like that's amazing, you know. Like I get up every day, like at least I know I can go there, you know, like for sure, bro. I didn't make a music video there, everything, you know, for free too. So it's like that's a blessing. No profanity is what it's called. No profanity. Where, where did that come up about? Like, where where did I know you freestyle? You're that's what you do, and you you got you're a beast. You are a fucking beast. I've seen <laughs> it. Him and Turnell, the, the, the him and Turnell, the yeah. Freestyle. I mean, it's it's real shit. Like, I'm not even. Uh, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I really do that. You Thank know? you, bro, like, man. That's your guys' thing right there for sure. Um, I think it was the guy from No Jumper that came. Um, he asked for sixteen. He wanted us to rap sixteen. He had brought us in the room over there. and We freestyled for him. 
and he kind of felt like I was cussing too much. So I feel, but he said I was actually talented. So that's when he told him like we could make it with no profanity. And he was like, um, okay, well next time I come, um, I need 16 bars from y'all with no profanity. I'm gonna be on y'all. So we didn't have 16 bars. We had a whole song of no profanity, yeah. and we had a music video. You know, we wanted to just show him that we was more serious than he thought. You know, that we was really. We was really gonna do it, you know, like no profanity is nothing to us, you know, like we not just street, we could go business too. So that's where that came from. I did not know that. That's dope as hell. Mm -hmm. And y'all showed him proved him wrong. Mm -hmm. showed him, showed he proved him wrong. Yeah. He was like, That's crazy. He liked it the song, he reposted it and everything, you know. So it's like he he tapping into us still to this day now, you know, because he seen we were serious, you know, like we proved him wrong. Probably when he didn't even believe in us, you know. What goals do you have now for yourself, and or just in general? Like, what goals do you have going on now? Um, the goals I got right now is um getting my own self, my own like real spot, and getting my business. We we trying to push this cannabis, this cannabis geeks times BFB times Guan times super bad for reals, man. Like, all of us that was in this cannabis class is trying to come together and make something great. You know, like, we not out here, like, on the same BS we was before we came in here. You know, like, we really on the business opportunity now. We trying to get right. all type of stuff yeah. together. We trying to get our own studios and stuff. Now, we not just thinking about using people's shit now. You feel me? We trying to get our own stuff, you know? So, hell yeah, we just did our own podcast, started it, called Geek Talk, so... You know, that's going to be coming out soon. You know, we're trying to do it all, you know, so. Yeah, and we need yeah. that. We need all that info. So we make for sure, sure. We, we drop the link. We do all that. For sure, for sure. want to peep that out. For sure, though, no profanities are going to be in the link in the yes, description sir. below, right? Yes, for sir. Sure. Yes, sir. Yeah, I got to check that out. Okay. I, I mean, we're excited, bro. We're excited to see yeah. you keep growing. Like, there's so much that it, there is to, that you have, you have so much, so many, so many opportunities. It's crazy. Yeah. Because you also have the rap stuff going on. For and sure. And that stuff is doing great. Um, And then now you're doing your business stuff, which is going great. Yes, and sir. I love, we're starting to meet so often now. We're just starting to get into this mindset. Now every conversation you're starting to have, instead of it being like, yo, we went down, whoop, whoop, whoop. Now it's like, yo, let's do this. What if we do this? What if we do it? And I'm starting to see those conversations with other yeah. people that you're doing. Yeah. Like, it's just creative combos, right? For sure. For sure, yeah. Right now I'm trying to um just... Relieve my mind from all the pain I've been through and leave that to go. I mean, let that go, you know. And shit, I've been working out, hitting the bags, you know, preparing, you know, yeah. all type of stuff. You know, I just been. You gonna be a boxer now or what? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah? I'm trying to train or a for it, man. I'm trying to, you know, man. Yeah, yeah, man. It's somewhere down the line. Y'all yeah. gonna hear about it, yeah. man. Y'all gonna hear about it, man. I've been training, man. You know, just trying to get my body right, trying to get my mind right, get my head clear, you know, and, and ain't nothing but um the future, you know. It's just the stars from here now. Yeah, we love to hear it, man. Right. Yeah. We appreciate you, Tyrell, bro. Thank y'all, man. You Thank so y'all for having man. me. Yeah. Um, and so make sure y'all stay tuned, man. No sure. Fanny like, is gonna be down all that good uh, stuff. down in the description. All the links for everything you got going on will be down. Check out his Instagram. Hell yeah. Um, Blue new Facebook, songs, man. bro. New music when it drops. We're going to for sure promote that everywhere across the Hell board. Hell yeah. It's but coming team, too. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Let's get it. Re-entry Network Podcast. We out, baby. We out, y'all.